Yeah, that's the thing about it, is that they always have to... I, I always... It, yeah, the sweetness levels always just, like, really bother me. Like, uh, especially, like, um... Uh, what is it? Like, a... I forget the brand, but it's like there was a like type of pomegranate green tea that I really liked, but it's like uh, it was like Arizona. Yeah, uh, yeah, Arizona pomegranate green tea. I, I said because I'm drinking drinks. Hmm. It's like Arizona green tea. I'm like, how do you drink that stuff? It's too sweet. Yeah, it's always yeah, for me. I just figured people just watered down their teas in general. Figured that was just a common thing. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, but anyways, hello everybody, and welcome to episode four of Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I am Eric Trapel, and joined uh, once again is Melissa Leach. Hello! And often uh, joining us as well is uh, Maya Taylor. Hey! <laughs> uh, and uh, today we are now discussing last year's winner for Best Adapted Screenplay, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this is definitely uh, this is uh, I don't I don't know how to start this up, but I guess just like jumping right into it. This is um, I guess got kind of got to start with the first exposure of this. Um, so I guess uh, to change things up a little bit, uh, what was your first exposure to Jojo Rabbit when you first heard about it? Um. Well, my very, very first earliest experience, uh, I believe what I saw a poster for it, and I think I saw this poster literally on the day that I interviewed for my job. Um, so I think that was in September of 2019. Um, I, uh, and then after that, I didn't see the, the posters for it anymore. Um, but after that, I think the next time I actually heard about it was um, Regal had, uh, Regal Theatres, or the one that I worked at, had a um, sort of uh, Academy Award or like Oscar nominated like film festival going on at, at, at a particular theater um, mm -hmm. uh, or auditorium inside their theater. And... Um, one particular co-worker of mine had come out of theater and was talking about their experience watching it and stuff like that and i had never actually heard of the movie i or i heard but i didn't know what it was actually about so i had asked and when i asked what the movie was about one of my co-workers immediately replied it was about hitler hmm. although she just said hitler i was like um can you be more specific yeah, exactly. of the kind of hitler <laughs> Especially since they were raving about the movie before, I'm like... I think I've also would have said, like, imaginary Hitler. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they, 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 they didn't say that. They just <laughs> said Hitler. I was like, and you said this movie was good? Mm -hmm. Um. So I was a little bit shell-shocked from hearing that. And then when they mentioned that, oh my god, it was such a good movie and... Scarlett Johansson did such a good job in this role. I was like, okay, now you've kind of got me curious. And so I ended up looking at the times uh, and realizing that the day I picked was literally the very, very last day to watch the film. <laughs> Dragged my mom with me and we ended up watching it. Um, 
And yeah, I think that was on. And like I said, I didn't expect, I literally did not expect to actually like it as much as I did. I was, I merely just saw it just because I was curious and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I ended up weirdly loving it. And I'm like, I never thought I could ever actually love a movie that was about quote unquote Hitler. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. The the way you described like catching it at the tail end of a theatrical run is uh, how I was with uh, Ford v, v Ferrari. Um, it's mm-hmm. like I caught that at the tail end before it was nominated for best picture, and you know got the accolades to like get it re released. But it's like yeah, I that that was like a last minute call for me. Um, yeah, um, yeah. For me, Jojo Rabbit. Um, I first got the discovery about it when i was just uh randomly looking through uh what was it uh, I, th- I think it might have been like just randomly going through taika watiti's uh wikipedia page at the time because um I-, I think my discovery of this film was happening around the time uh james gunn had uh temporarily been fired from guardians of the galaxy volume three for mm. A lot of old tweets that he had since apologized for and acknowledged that they were wrong but you know some people getting buttered these days it's like they'll complain about anything dug about the past even though the person already apologized for it and made amends for it it's mm-hmm. like what more do you want um but yeah uh it the reason i was looking at taika watiti's page it was because like uh he was one of the directors who was being considered as like who would possibly step up to fill in for james gunn and um after seeing thor ragnarok at the time it's like i can understand it if it like that was the person that they called in to like uh handle the film from now on uh and that's when i kind of also took a look at uh, uh listening to screen junkies universe at the time it's like i was also listening about how they were talking about like uh this new film that he was doing about how like uh during the fox merger when disney was uh, purchasing the company like this is one of the films that they were a little bit skeptical about whether or not was possibly going to get released and so that caught my curiosity okay. about it and the first image i was able to see was of course taika watiti as hitler <laughs> and uh when i was looking up what uh when i finally I-, I think when the teaser came out uh i and I finally started getting the idea of what it was going to be, or what I was expecting. I definitely, because uh, I'm somebody who grew up on the producers and uh, Inglorious Bastards, so it's like my main main appeal is like if you're making fun of Nazis, it's like that that's automatically appealing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know, uh, I mean, I've seen Hitler portrayed by a flamboyant gay Broadway director, so it's like I it it wouldn't surprise me that I, he'd be interpreted that as a uh, a little boy's imaginary friend. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, I, I also, um, even though it was also based on, on a book, uh, oh, Cage- this is based on a book? Yeah, it's based on the book Caging Skies by Christine, uh, Lunins, I Did believe that's how it- that. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I still haven't read it yet. Uh, I def- uh, but after watching it so many times, I'm now starting to th- think that I should- definitely look for and read it um yeah and uh once november was uh rolling uh once its release was coming out at the time you know like it it was one of those films like now that i was uh, finally starting to get get working again it's like i now had to be more selective with my choices and i knew that was one i had to make an exception for because mm-hmm. i definitely did not want to miss that uh 
especially considering a lot of people were like raving especially about Scarlett Johansson and plus it had Sam Rockwell in it and I always love that guy I need more Rockwell in my life <laughs> I mean everybody does uh, what what is the book supposed to be about? Is it just like a, a parody? Is it, is it actually closely following the book, uh, uh, like Game of Thrones does with with their show, or is it like kind of just like a parody off of the book? Um, hold on, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Uh, not the most reliable, but that works. Uh. I don't know. It doesn't really say. Uh, I mean, I'd imagine it's like. Uh, I, I mean, imagine it, uh, it would definitely take a lot of things uh, taken differently. Like you know, try to like make it flow better mm-hmm. for film. So, I mean, that's happened before. Like, uh, uh, I remember like reading the first Harry Potter book about how there was a character called Peeves the Poltergeist that was supposed to be in it, and uh, look, uh, they actually did have that character ready casted in the film, but the problem was they kind of had to, you know, cut the character out because they ended mm. up firing the guy because, like, it was kind of hard to work with him with the kids because he could, couldn't stop making them laugh. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, it was played by Drop Dead Fred, too. Mm. But, yeah, um... Who? Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Rick Mail, or Rick Mile, uh, he, he was on the show Black Hatter, Black mm-hmm. or Black Adder, I, I forget that. Uh, Black Adder. Yeah, with Ron Atkinson. Oh, I don't actually. Oh, that dude. Yeah, that I think yeah. that's. Uh, I think Ron Atkinson. Oh wait, no, that's a. Well, yeah. I think Rowan Atkinson is is the, the guy who played Mr. Beans. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think that and Johnny English. Uh, I think uh, Rowan Atkinson is the guy that uh, you don't you, the actor you don't like because <laughs> he he looks like your uh, perverted cousin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, like literally. No. No, 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 no. We're talking about something different. Uh, uh, he's the guy who was uh, stalling Alan Rickman in Love Actually at the jewelry shop. Oh, yeah, the one with the presents? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> Aw. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it's like that. I, I was definitely looking forward to this, and I was hoping Disney would have the courage to release this film, even though they were in control of Fox, because I, I was remembering hearing how test audience was where some, some of them were cringing, but... That's a test audience. Thing. Uh, you're always going to hear someone bitching. <laughs> like, yeah. I-, I think I remember hearing, like, one person in, like, the Academy screening of The Wolf of Wall Street scream at Martin Scorsese saying, shame on you. Uh-uh. And then everyone else on the internet attacked that person. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, test screenings can really bring out, like, you got to be careful about what you say. I don't know. I had no problem telling people at my test grading of chips that film was dumb. Right to their face. Lord. Uh, uh, but yeah, I uh, I was... Uh, another thing I, I gotta mention is that uh, after this film had finally come out on Blu-ray, it became a little difficult to find because like the, the Blu-rays were like very scarce. And um, like even on... A, it was that popular? Uh, no, apparently from what I found out, uh, Disney, uh, cause this was the same thing with 4V Ferrari, uh, another okay. Fox film, 
uh, is that it, I don't know what it was going on, but apparently it was getting hard to find the Blu-ray, uh, physical copies of either one of these films. And yet I was lucky enough to like get, a, I mean, I still found DVDs, don't get me wrong, but it's like Blu-ray specifically. Uh, it took me until like going to Best Buy, like just last week that I finally found Jojo Rabbit on 4K. Oh Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I had to settle for like the regular Blu-ray for Ford P. Ferrari, which I'm thinking it's like, man, that would have looked excellent in 4K, honestly. Yeah, but that's my first world problems. Uh, but regardless, just uh, rewatching this film again, it's like I just it, it it it's just one of those films that like I just keep loving every time I watch it, like. Especially considering there's, like, so many other different things you'll notice the second time around. And especially knowing a lot of different things that happen with the ending. Uh, not to go into spoilers, but it's, like, it definitely... There are some moments that actually do hit a little bit harder. Like, the first time he's reading those... Uh, where JoJo's reading those notes to uh, Elsa that he forged. Like, the first time he's doing that, I'm thinking, like... Oh, wow. That's... Because think about it. Because, like... Uh, uh, okay, going to the spoilers. Uh, sorry, people, but it's like uh, the where he's like at the end, where it's like she finally mentions what happened to Nathan prior, and then okay. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, and then it, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> where he's reading, it's like I'm not really who you say you are. I'm just a fat slob. <laughs> oh just, yeah. Ooh, Lord. Yeah, I don't know why. Think of that. Yeah, it's definitely. It's still funny to think about it, considering uh, it's, you know, he doesn't know any better, but still, like, that that's mean, dude. <laughs> but then again, she brought it on herself, not mentioning he was dead to begin with. I didn't even actually think about that until you said it. I, uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Bringing it to my attention here. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I think just starting off with that, because, like, this, considering the film does center around JoJo, like, the the kid they got is fantastic. Oh, God. I absolutely loved JoJo in this movie. Every... They couldn't have picked better kids in this movie between him and his best friend? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Or, hell, every, every one of the little, uh, Nazi bastards. <laughs> Kids were cute, though. I'm not going to lie. They were. Like I said, you, you wouldn't think that a movie about freaking Hitler mm -hmm. and the Holocaust would actually be adorable. Yeah. But the fact that they centered it around a child. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Okay. This, this, that, that, that was actually like a, a, a smart on someone's, on someone's uh, point. I was like, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of older audiences or people who just have too much time on the internet will probably definitely get a chuckle thinking it's like a bunch of nazis taught by captain k hmm. and just yeah, yeah when when i i even this even when i literally just rewatched it started watching it last night i was just like how excited he gets <laughs> literally it's just like so freaking passionate and and i'm just like Kid, the beginning, or he's in this, the mirror? Yes, this kid ah. is too freaking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you, you, you understand that he, he's not exactly following a good thing. No. But it's adorable. Yeah, especially... Weirdly adorable. Yeah, especially when you got uh, 
the director of Taika Waititi as the imaginary Hitler. And, you know, with him, I think it also kind of helps with uh, the, uh, the kid's performance. Because, like, you know, it's like it has, you know, he's got the director on set to be like, hey, uh... Uh, uh, you know to like kind of help reassure it's like hey this thing's gonna work because i'm here as well uh and also just those moments of like you know uh because i'm pretty sure this this definitely speaks to like that part of childhood where it's like you think like oh your celebrities will think you're their best friend and they'll always give you the best advice Mm. always like i guess i'm everyone has that it's in at some point in their mind and just the way he's like correcting him, it's like you gotta pronounce uh Heidelitter correctly. <laughs> Who's Hitler? <laughs> it's just this <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, it, it, from from oh god. Like I said, I think that's actually part of the reason why this movie works so well is because of the cuteness of the little kid. Because he's just so freaking adorable. You, you, you almost... It's almost easy to bypass what he's he's supporting because he's so freaking young, so adorable, and you're just like... Gee, I, I, f- I felt that especially with you Yorkie. You bad with, with, with thinking this kid's adorable when you know what he's... he's you know, but yeah. that's where the whole parody aspect of it works. And I'm just like... like said, even with, with Yorkie as well, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, especially with how... Uh, that scene where he steals the hand grenade and it's like what happens it's like the some people are just like kind of not just a lot about it it's like oh wait a kid just got blown up oh crap <laughs> but i just love how at first it's like it's seth rockwell's just so nodulated like okay don't do that don't do that <laughs> this is exactly what i'm talking about that's kids what, actually that's one of my favorite scenes in this freaking movie i have quite a few but that's one of my favorite scenes just yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I and literally with the without a second, just it blows up. Don't do that, kids. Yeah, I Sam Rockwell as Captain K just just like he's he's just I I don't know what it is, but it's like recently it's like he's just been cast. It's just been getting casted as like the sympathetic racist person, <laughs> like you know, with last year he played uh, George Bush Jr. and Vice, and then mm-hmm. the year before he uh, with three billboards uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, where he played like a racist cop that oh, uh, tries to redeem himself. All right, it's a it's a really good performance. He really sells that role, honestly. Like, uh, like he just has like just this not it just like you know, yeah. It's like I know what I'm in for. It's like I'm just here to uh, keep things going good. And it's like, I, I will admit, it's like, sometimes his, uh, his, even though it's like his German accent wasn't always accurate, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what, it's like, this. I like this guy. Well, I mean, I'm, I have to honestly listen to other authentic German accents to really, to really, um, compare it, compare it, especially even with Scarlett Johansson, because for the, for, because with, with I mean, her accent in this movie was definitely top-notch. However, I'm sure that there's probably some German speakers and stuff like that who are probably talking a lot of smack about her accent, too. So, I mean, like I said, I really have to, like, listen to other accents just to really compare it. Because, quite frankly, that's one accent that I haven't spent a whole lot of time with attempting myself, so I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I was kind of the same way with uh, with a quiet place when um, when I, I was uh, talking with someone and I was complimenting the uh, the daughter in the film because uh, she uh, was also deaf, but it was her first acting role, so it was like it was kind of impressive to see you know a really good child performance, especially. Uh, through sign language, like that was another thing that that I got through. It was like the sign language is that you don't see that many films mm-hmm. really emphasize sign language uh, through their acting. And someone was telling me it's like, yeah, but how many experts in sign language would probably argue it's like yeah, exactly. probably wasn't that good. Like, and I'm like, like people who are like who are literally uh, not foreign, fluent. Mm-hmm. Uh, would probably argue that oh yeah it's 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 not that great. But like I said, I thought it was the same thing. I was like she had the accent down. I I mean she's really playing off the role. And I'm just like to me it works. But at the same time, I'm sure that there's are some that will argue that it was good, but it wasn't the best. Yeah. Um. For me, it's also kind of hard with Rebel Wilson considering she's Australian. So it's like it it kind of definitely kind of blends together so it's like you're kind of figuring out it's like okay which which part of the accent am i supposed to be hearing at, the, at here you know mm-hmm. um but yeah and uh, she she also uh rebel wilson's character it's like i also loved how she just like brought up the weirdest conspiracy theories out of the most inconvenient out of the weirdest times like uh like especially talking about it's like uh, the story about how like her uncle went crazy and destroyed and like just destroyed her family and like kind of had sex with her sister, but then it's like he then committed suicide. But then it's like I, I it was unrelated, but it's like I know the Jew was a part of it. <laughs> like that's just how she ends it. It's like yeah, it was unrelated, but it's like I know it was him. in this movie was just yeah. Well, that's that's just Rebel Wilson. I mean, I I. Big Rebel Wilson fan. I love her. I think she's great. But I'm like, I just I think that her, yeah, her, this was just weirdly weird. Yeah, I'm kind of half and half with her. But for for this role, I, mean, I, I thought I, I don't hate her her role because I, I I understand her 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 role right. in this in this in this um movie, but. The way yeah. she acted was weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. It's like, she's one of those actresses, like, um, where on one hand I can compliment, like, because I actually found out apparently she has a legal degree and actually... Yeah, 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 yeah. I found that out a few years ago, actually. I found that out last year when she was, uh, you know of that film The Hustle she did with Anne Hathaway in last, uh... Um, I do know that, but I actually found out through an interview that she did um, that was not even related to any movie that she was doing. She was, um, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a, a series on YouTube. I think they were doing this particular thing with like many different celebrities. I mean, they did this with, um, not Emma Stone, uh, Margot Robbie. Mm. Um, where they hook you up to a um, heart monitor and then uh, ask you start asking you questions and stuff like that and try and get your, your heart racing and stuff like that. And one of the things that was mentioned in this interview was, uh, was from 
Gene, uh, Gene Hackman, not Gene Hackman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mr. Wolverine. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I called him Gene Hackman. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, I want to see Hugh Jackman play Lex Luthor now. That sounds amazing. But she, he had Shave asked, your head, you. <laughs> Shave it. She, <laughs> she had, uh, he had asked her uh, how uh, her whole um, lawsuit against a certain uh, magazine went, and that's when she had informed the interviewer, who didn't know why he had asked that, saying, uh, one little thing that not many people know about me is that I have a law degree. That was actually when I found that out. Hmm. Um, and... Yeah, because he, he uh, like I said, she had a bit of a lawsuit going on with um, certain magazine. I think it was uh, um, defamation or something, a, def- a case of defamation or something to that effect. Hmm. I guess they had wrote, wrote uh, something about her that was completely untrue. She was losing a lot of fans because of it, because uh, it was really, really harsh. I don't know what exactly they're writing about her. but um, This was Robert Wilson, right? Uh, yeah, Rebel Wilson, and, um... I think I might know what you're talking about. Is it, well, um... Did it, like, have something to do with, uh... Uh, what was it? Um, how she was, like, lying about her age or something? Was that it? Or... It was something... I, I don't know, I just I just know that a magazine article was... Or a, a, a newspaper... Women's Day? Or Woman's Day? I don't, I'm not quite sure. I just thought that they were making up something and she was losing a lot of fans because of it and her reputation kind of going, going down the drain because of what this, this magazine or, or news article wrote about her and she had filed a lawsuit against them and actually won her case. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this right now. It's like, yeah, there were... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot of things. Uh, like, uh, definitely lying about her age uh, was one of them. Uh, but that's not, that's not too big of a deal, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Lucille Ball lied about her age and <laughs> when she was married to Desi Arnaz, so it's like, it's not that big a deal, people. <laughs> Basically. Women, women in marriages can be older than the guy. It's not a problem. <laughs> age is just a number. Anyways. Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, I can't say that I, I definitely like her as an actress, but I can't say that her 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 um, role was my absolute favorite in this in this movie. No, I just I just I, I understand the role that she played. Yeah, she was more of like uh, the, I understand her importance. Yeah, she was more of comic relief than anything. Just kind of trying to keep it light. Hmm. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but going back to Scarlett Johansson for a bit, uh, I. Yeah, there were just uh, so many things to. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know where to start. Like, I mean, e- I think easily like uh, an example of like how good it was. Uh, her performance is like the scene at the dinner scene where it's like she is starting to think, uh, starting to hear things, or starting to go in the right direction, and JoJo's not having any of it, and just where the. <laughs> The beginning of the scene, it's like, that's what gets me the most. It's like, I love everything else, but it's like the one moment where it's like, you got like, in JoJo's mind, Hitler, imaginary Hitler's there. And 
the funniest part of that is it's just like where he just like looks over between them and it's just leads over to Jojo and is like, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> like just like that subtlety and just like <laughs> I I wanna bet that wasn't even in the script to begin with. I think Taika Watiti just said it's like, you know what, I think I'm just gonna I honestly don't think he was supposed to even be here in that scene. I think maybe he was just like trying to like, you know, kinda like <laughs> ease it up to ease it in and then kind of go through it mm-hmm. uh and then i think he, what he figured this is good it's like okay i think you got this and it's funny because yeah. like uh he uh he uh scarlett johansson had admitted that during the entire production at least for her scenes it's like she knew that uh he was in costume the whole production and so she had been that that was really un- a little uncomfortable to do mm-hmm. but now that it's kind of done, it's like it's really funny. Uh-huh. Um, did she win any awards for this movie? She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which I was kind of surprised about because I, you know, with Marriage Story coming out the same around the same time, it's like I would have thought people were gonna ignore Jojo Rabbit the kind of the same way uh, they ignored ryan gosling for the nice guys because mm. i honestly felt like he should have been nominated considering how funny he was in that film mm. <gasps> give me your arm no give me your arm no <laughs> uh, but because i mean this was out of all the things that i've seen her play in this was my favorite role she's done oh god by far but i mean it's definitely been it was definitely the best role i've ever seen her in mm-hmm yeah. And you can even tell she was having fun throughout. Oh, yeah. Like, like again, that uh, later on in the scene where she's, like, uh, pretending to be the dad in that one oh, part. Oh, like And that. just, like, the dancing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like, you could tell her, her inner child was just coming out to play. Yeah. In that role. Just like, every, I mean, she was literally like a little kid in her own little role. And you were just seeing her just come, come out and play. I'm like, yeah. this is by far her, her best role yet. Yeah, and it also kind of works considering it's like, like again, it's through JoJo's perspective. So it's like, you know, to have those fun-loving parents, it's like it's uh, it, it definitely fits in tone with what it's going for. Uh, and uh, what else? Uh, and also just like to also, it's definitely it's also like uh, she definitely also brings that hard uh, struggle of like you know how it is being like. A Jew fighting in, uh, like, living in Nazi Germany at the time, mm. just trying to, like, you know, it's, like, uh, that constant struggle of, like, you know, like, you gotta, you wanna teach your son to know the right things, and it's, like, know that this is the wrong thing to learn, but at the same time, you're, like, if he does learn the right thing, he's not gonna have a good time lying about it. Well, I can totally understand her perspective, because, I mean, for one thing, the mm-hmm. kid's young, he doesn't want to break her, his heart with, with, with his passion and stuff like that. But at the same time, you also understand that being the fact that he is still young, if he gets caught, he's in for a world of hurt and a world oh, that, yeah. that she, not even she can get him out of. So it, it's one of those things where I can really see her point with she wants to, 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 to do the right thing, but at the same time she also has to put aside her feelings as a parent mm-hmm. to help protect her own kid because he's just not old enough to understand what the hell what the hell he's doing or what what he's supporting right. so i can i could totally understand her struggle 
but at yes. the same time also trying to be this like loving I mean like I said it just given the aspect of her role it was her it was just incredible her performance with with the, the struggle of the fear, the struggle of, of trying to raise a kid alone, trying to raise him up to be a good human being, but at the same time knowing that the environment, the situation they're in, mm-hmm. could easily kill him if his mind is in any way, shape, or form on the side of the resistance. Because like I said, by that time, there, there's she, she's possibly looking at either losing him and herself, or mm-hmm. possibly having to bury her own son and losing both her kids it's like yeah <laughs> being in that tough position I, I can totally understand why she would continue to let him believe what he needs to believe in order to just for his own safety and protection not e- not even for the for the sake of him growing up into a decent human being just for the sake of him actually staying alive yeah and uh i i also love the one motif of how like you know it relates to the theme of freedom because like uh i don't know i don't know if you noticed but it's like i think I, i'd have to rewatch it again from the beginning um but did did it almost seem like every scene that the two of them were in there's like a brief moment where she does a little dance or am i or am i thinking like too many of them um, or not, not enough she definitely had a very a a, a i think not every scene I saw it with, but she definitely mm-hmm. had a very graceful sway to her movement. Yeah, and uh, which is what I think is she she had this like like very elegant uh, sway to where it almost looked like she was she was free. dancing as she walked, like or dancing to walk or, or mm-hmm. dancing in place of of a walk and stuff like that. So she constantly looked like she was. Um, in all honesty, her movements kind of, um, this might sound a little bit weird, but kind of reminded, kind of, kind of bring on the essence of what I would imagine, um, Julie Andrews to be like with that, that, that elegant Like sway. in Sound of Music. But yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that, that dance and, and, and her just enjoying life. Yeah, that is a good comparison, actually, uh. And the reason I brought it up was because it brought uh, watching it again. It's like she mentions in the line about how like you know it's like dancing is for those who are free, and it kind of mm-hmm. emphasized that theme that it's like JoJo always saw her dancing some way in some fashion, and then it's like you know like when it does get to that really really dark turn, I'm not gonna and say what it is. It's like it, it's the last time she's not dancing. On on, on top of what you're saying. Not only is, because I'm, I'm honestly realizing this now, not only is it her in her movement, it's also the way in which she talks and her mm. and her behavior because she's always happy and, and she's always just like, her head is, I think, oftentimes escaping and stuff like that. And so it's almost like she's, she's verbally talking and looking as if she's dancing through life. Yeah. And it does kind of play into that because, like, you know, throughout the film, it's like there is that, uh, you know, uh, Jojo and Elsa have this constant talk about, like, you know, it's how, like, you know, he thinks love isn't important. And it's like, but the first time Elsa's describing how love is, it's like just wanting to be in that person's arms and just hold them. It's like, 
it, it is love, but it's like it's not specifically like just one type of love. It's like to me like love that you know Giorgio has for his mother, because you know at that point the last time it's like the only thing he would want at that after seeing that is just to be held by his mother because mm-hmm. uh, uh where was i going with this <laughs> uh, damn it <laughs> uh shit i lost my place uh, just her dancing and, and yeah and... and how she even uh, how elsa even brings up how the first thing she wants to do is dance and uh, by the end, when both of them are, it's like, you know, it's like, it's showing, it's like, yeah, they really do feel free now. Well, I mean, I, even Hitler, during that one scene with that whole bomb grenade, was yeah. even dancing. So dancing was, in mm-hmm. all honesty, a leitmotif in throughout the film. Yeah, that the most free ones are the ones that are just dancing the most freely. Like, the little mm-hmm. Nazi kids, it's like, they're constantly moving about, but it's like, you know, after seeing the wars, they're like, just like, uh, what is today? It just—it's almost like the entire movie is just one kind of dance within itself. <laughs> Springtime for Hitler <laughs> and Germany. I—I oh, <laughs> I will never get tired of that. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do definitely see where your point is with 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 her because like I said she was just she was very free in her movement. She was very graceful. She was very elegant, like like that of Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Even with, like, the way she talked and stuff like that, it was very much like a dancer. Yeah. I already explained to them on Instagram how we got, how we got Christian in our lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, and also I love the irony of how, like, surprisingly the most destructive character in the movie is the most delightful with Yorkie. <laughs> I just love that. I, I just wanted to bring that He's, up with Yorkie. He is... Th- th- this may sound really, really weird, Mm-hmm. But I kind of think of him as being like a combination of Harry Potter and Luna Lovegood, <laughs> in a sense. Oh, you know, kind I, of? yeah, it, uh, a mix of Harry Potter, Luna Lovegood, with a little bit of first year uh, Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom. That was the name <laughs> I was thinking of. I was about to say Dudley, but I'm like, no, wait, that's not it. It's like, who's the other guy? Uh, Neville, that was it. Because he's got, like, Harry Potter's, like, I think, um... Glasses. Well, not only that, I'm talking, like, somewhat of the mannerism. Yeah. With, with oh, it's 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 fine, or, or just, like, everything's, like, nonchalant. You know, he just, he doesn't really, you know, he's just going with the flow, and but, like, not trying to take credit... <laughs> I'm just a little fat boy and a little fat boy's body. But kind of like Luna Lovegood in the fact that he's just so neutral. <laughs> because with Luna Lovegood, one of the reasons why I loved her as a character is she was just so neutral in, in and she was just positive and just like said, very, very neutral. She worked that neutral balance. Neutral, uh, yeah, neutral chaos, I think. Yeah, and with him, that's kind of what that is, is that neutral chaos. With, with Neville Longbottom, it was, it was also that awkward oh shit moment but with Harry Potter and and love his neutrality and and his his just his, his demeanor he literally is like three Harry Potter characters that I love in one yeah the, I, I mean honestly <laughs> like every time he popped up on screen I always cheered with joy <laughs> it's just, and there's so many many scenes where like I said it just it, it's his his character just 
mm-hmm. when he sees him and he gets so excited, like like Harry Potter would. However, like I said, he's he's got that that neutralness to his to his demeanor. But same like I said with with Neville, he's always getting into some kind of trouble. Yeah, it's like or, or finding himself in situations where he's like, I don't know how the hell I got into this. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of expected like uh, him to have a scene where he was walking the clones. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which, it by the way, I found yeah. out. Uh, apparently, the clones were played by uh, the main actor Roman Griffith Davis. Uh, apparently, the clones were played by his little twin brothers. I know. They basically just took those two and, like, copy-pasted him everywhere. Oh, my God. I thought that was a really funny detail. Like, oh, shit. You actually did clone him. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that... uh... And mind you, when I saw the the picture of those two little kids at the premiere, it literally looked like you were looking at their characters in this picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, I, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so freaking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I, what else am I forgetting? Uh, uh, another thing that was also, uh, uh I, uh, really enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh, uh, how did you feel about it? Um, didn't love it, but didn't hate it. Hmm. Um, I thought it worked. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Um, I was with this, I was more, um, this is a movie where, where you, you really have to kind of pay attention to certain light motifs. Yeah. Um, and so like that, so I wasn't really too, um, focused on the, the, the soundtrack itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it definitely worked in some places. Yeah. I loved the ending music. Oh, yeah. Uh, during the ending scene, but, um, yeah, I mean, this was, for me, I was more focused, I think, with, with the characters, the storyline, the relationships between them, mm-hmm. um, their wants, their needs, etc. Um, and just really the performance itself, because this is definitely a, a film where... The performance is key to making this a really to making the, to either making or breaking this film. Um, and I definitely think that every character hit this on the head with with their performances in order to make it work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I brought it up is uh, it was because uh, uh, the the inclusion of having that Beatles song, uh, the German rendition of "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Uh, as it plays in the beginning, it's like apparently that was one of the first. Uh, that was actually one of the ideas that actually got Taika Waititi to do this movie. Was like, I, I think as he was uh, watching some of the propaganda footage as he was reading the book at the same time, he just like was just like constantly seeing the comparisons between like the people that were going to Hitler, like going crazy over him, and mm-hmm. and how it kind of sort of looks similar to like how some Beatles fans reacted, mm. and. So it was kind of that irony, and considering, you know, the salute, uh, Nazi salute is, uh, it's like, it kind of, it's kind of, it kind of also, that, it plays into that as well. Well, I definitely see Like, how, maybe it's the fans saying, yeah. it's like, I want to, I want to be the one to hold you, Hitler. I definitely see 
how one would definitely have to be very detail-oriented with a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Because it does have, a, a movie like this does definitely have a potential to offend and not work and be quite offensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if not done in the correct way. Um, well, I think even then people will still like even if you you're trying to do this like mm-hmm. as clean as possible it's like there are still some people who are going to be still offended regardless oh i'm sure but i mean for the most part i definitely think that 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 with everything i think it's it's definitely detail oriented so it makes sense that um choosing the right music and stuff like that would also play key into into a movie like this yeah, and it was also said that uh, the composer Michael Giacchino actually contacted uh, Paul McCartney to use the rights to for the film. So oh, wow. it was, yeah, so it's like maybe they were both on the same page. Like, hey, Paul, can I use this? Sure thing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it also. I guess the 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 last couple things I wanted to bring up was like how like this was apparently one of the first few films where uh, uh, Watiti wasn't using one of his uh, regular collaborating actors because mm. you know um, he, he he like other people like Tarantino or Edgar Wright or you know other uh, Spike Lee or other those people like you know will have like you know their regular clicks but. Yeah, as I'm looking at this, it's like usually a lot uh, a lot of his regulars aren't uh, aren't a part of this. Uh, I, um, aside from, I'm pretty sure there might be someone attached to technicality, like Michael Giacchino, for example, mm-hmm. who I want to say did the music for Thor Ragnarok. Uh, no, uh, no, apparently not. Uh, just, uh, what, what's his name? Mark Mothersbro. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like it, it does. Huh? Oh, we're just showing a video of of Meredith's intercoms. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> what happened? The bear started chasing through the camera. Watch this. You'll, you'll see it. What's, what's it called? Um, one thing actually. There's actually something I want to bring up. Go ahead and uh, finish with. Oh, okay, saying. I see. Huh? There was something I wanted to bring up, but go ahead and uh, say what it is that you want to say. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, pointing out how, like, this is one of those, like, few films where, like, a person who uses normal, regular clicks doesn't uh, decide mm-hmm. not to do that. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, kind of like Adam Sandler uses a lot of his regular clicks? Uh, yeah, and how, like, uh, I, uh or even under a studio, like, uh, mm, but, okay. whereas, like, something like Uncut Gems or men women and children is done like completely outside of like his mm. his usual box okay but you, you were saying uh, well, one thing that i think was absolutely brilliant with this freaking film was that given the issue going on with racism and stuff like that the uh, um and 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 the the growing concern for it I definitely think that this movie probably definitely helps to kind of play a role in the importance of tolerance and how to separate any biases that you may have grown up with towards people and actually mm-hmm. learning to um, 
see people for what they are and not not where they come from and who they are and stuff like that so this film honestly is i think a perfect example of because i mean i'm sure you know the kids are innocent they're they don't they're not usually blocked by a whole lot of hate and stuff like that they definitely tend to come from a lot more open minds so I definitely think this movie is a great example of how to separate your own feelings towards what you've been taught or what you've been told and actually open your heart and mind to someone and getting to know them, um, know their soul and know their heart instead of anything that could be blocking it from your own beliefs about what you've been told. So I definitely think that this is uh, a really good film to teach about with with tolerance and acknowledgement and and acceptance and stuff like that, I think this is actually a really really good, uh, potentially good movie to teach, to, just to teach about love, mm-hmm. especially through the perspective of the and kid acceptance. who's exactly. viewing this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember what I was going to say now. Uh, what was interesting how, is how it can reverse because of the, the relationship between this girl and this boy and and the friendship that they're forming and. and even though they're they're both coming from two different perspectives, they end up forming this friendship and end up seeing each other as an ally and a friend and a potential family member near the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. yeah, one thing I, I definitely noticed like rewatching it again because uh, like one thing that slipped by me was that how she mentioned like how she actually uh, Elsa mentions how like she kind of knew uh, Jojo's sister Inga. Uh, like there was a brief line of like uh, how it's like uh, she remembers Jojo and used to be such a funny kid and I'm like okay so it's like it's she isn't just staying in like a random person's house she's staying at someone who she's staying at a family who she used to knew Mm -hmm. and it's like the last bit of salvation and yeah like that one moment of like realizing it's like okay so it's it's also a battle between like uh, different ideals like I know who you are it's like but it's like uh, you know, someone tr- obviously not remembering or either just like not mm-hmm. wanting to have anything to do with it. It just it's 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 definitely a film that teaches that separation of ideology and a separation of potential identity to invite acceptance and love and kindness and stuff like that towards someone who you've been taught is evil or has evil intentions or, or, or whatnot. I definitely think that this weirdly is a good film to, to help mm-hmm. teach that. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially, uh, which is ironic given, given the main theme. <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite, well, one of my favorite films for the sexies is the producers. And that's about a bunch of people who are like using a play about Nazis to scare people out of, two million dollars oh jesus but then making fun of it ends up becoming what makes it a hit <laughs> what like have you seen the producers Mm-mm. okay that's one we'll talk about uh down the line with um what's what's his name is it matthew broderick yeah and um that one nathan lane yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that and um what is that one Oh Jesus Christ! And this is this guy is one of my favorite actors too, Billy Crystal. Mm. Was he also in the producers as well? No, uh, the. Or am I thinking of something entirely different? Uh, well, let me ask. Are you thinking of the two thousand five film, or are you thinking of the original Broadway cast? 
I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, in the movie, uh, in the Broadway show, uh, they had Will Ferrell as the mm-hmm. Nazi playwright. Or, no, wait, no, wait. It was a, yeah, in the movie, uh, Will Ferrell played the Nazi playwright, uh, Franz Liebken. Whereas uh, on Broadway, it was played by Brad Oscar. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, as soon as you said Will, Will, Will Ferrell's name in, in the film, I was like, oh, figure that would be a thing. <laughs> I, I'll admit, I actually that liked him. Like, that sounds like a freaking name he would ha- he would be playing in a movie like like I I, I don't know. Yeah. G- given his 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 role we got, um, like I said, it's just it's it's definitely given the theme and given just the irony. I'm like, this would actually be a really great film to 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 teach about racism. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, all I got to say about it. Um. I guess if you get the chance, uh, it's available digital. Definitely, definitely check this out. This is something mm-hmm. you really should watch, uh, especially for Yorkie and imaginary <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> um, I mean, even just the main character himself. I mean, like I said, these yeah. kids really stole the freaking movie away. Yeah, I, I, and I'll, I'll also admit it's like Elsa did kind of remind me of a crush I had in high school. Be, be, between the little kids. <laughs> I know, I know. Between the little kids, Scarlett Johansson's character in this film, and and just the, the girl, I'm like, this this movie really it, it steals the freaking show. Yeah, uh, I guess the the last question I want to ask is, do you think Sam Rockwell's character was gay? <laughs> like, do you from the outfit, do you believe that that might have been secretly there? Um. The reason why I'm saying this is because of a particular scene, potentially, mm-hmm. because when he's making some serious eye contact, is it the scene I'm thinking of with the the dogs? Uh, no. Okay. Um, or, or, Oh, it maybe it may be. It was it was when when he's sitting there, sitting there across from the, the the guy, and he just literally they just literally look at each other. And he looks like he wants to rip off the guy's clothes. <laughs> that's all I thought was you look like you want to rip off his clothes and throw him on a bed. Like literally, that's the way he's looking at him. There was this awkward tension between the two. And you want to know what it kind of reminded me of? Um, you, you know the film? Um, he's just not that into you. I, yeah. Do you remember that scene uh, when those two gay guys were trying to t- uh, tell, I think, uh, that, that male friend who was trying to get with Scarlett Johansson's character? This is how what gay guys do when they're into each other. This is what we do when we're not. And then they literally do the same freaking look, but it's like, they, 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 they look away sooner. <laughs> literally. And it's the same exact freaking tension. It's the same exact stance. Practically, it's the same, like, energy, like that, 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 I want to dominate you energy. It's the same, and I'm like, why am I getting some seriously gay vibes from you two? Yeah. From from them looking at each other, staying quiet, the stance, and it's just, it's going on for, like, a good few seconds, I'm like... This is a pause that's lasted a little long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, um, just take out your clothes already, goddammit. Yeah. 
I think my cue was like at the end when he added mascara to his outfit, like a. Th- like at the end, like when he has the outfit, it's like, and you see the close-ups, it's like you can tell it's like he's got like eyeliner or something. I definitely did not notice that. I I did notice it the second time watching it. It's like, oh shit, he's wearing eyeliner. I'm gonna have to pay attention to that again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I honestly can say I possibly. Possibly that, and just his stance in in this always, just the way he his movements are, the way he's. I'm just he he does have kind of a gay quality to him, mm-hmm. especially when he's in, in that uniform that he makes. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look gay. <laughs> just everything about it. He made it look good. <laughs> All right, I think uh, yeah, I think that ra- kind of wraps it up here. Uh, that has been our discussion on Jojo Rabbit. Uh, you want to decide for yourself uh hop to it yeah it's on hbo max so if you don't have it there's a free trial just use that (laughs) (laughs) um but with that said this has been eric Chappelle. and we'll see and uh we'll see you next time take care